Welcome to this special Hanukkah episode of Daily Bread for Busy Moms. My name is John, and I'll be reading for you today from the historical books of 1st Maccabees. We are getting back into the story from chapter 9 and reading also chapter 10. When Demetrius heard that Nicanor and his army had fallen in battle, he sent Bachidus and Alchemus into the land of Judah a second time, and with them the right wing of the army. They went by the road that leads to Gilgal, and encamped against Mesalot in Arbela, and they took it and killed many people. In the first month of the 152nd year, they encamped against Jerusalem. Then they marched off and went to Berea with 20,000 foot soldiers and 2,000 cavalry. Now Yehuda was encamped in Elasa, and with him were 3,000 picked men. When they saw the huge number of enemy forces, they were greatly frightened, and many slipped away from the camp, until no more than 800 of them were left. When Yehuda saw that his army had slipped away, and the battle was imminent, he was crushed in spirit, for he had no time to assemble them. He became faint, but he said to those who were left, Let us get up and go against our enemies. We may have the strength to fight them. But they tried to dissuade him, saying, We do not have the strength. Let us rather save our own lives now, and let us come back with our kindred and fight them. We are too few. But Yehuda said, Far be it from us to do such a thing as to flee from them. If our time has come, let us die bravely for our kindred, and leave no cause to question our honor. Then the army of Bachidas marched out from the camp, and took its stand for the encounter. The cavalry was divided into two companies, and the slingers and the archers went ahead of the army, as did all the chief warriors. Bachidas was on the right wing. Flanked by the two companies, the phalanx advanced to the sound of the trumpets, and the men with Yehuda also blew their trumpets. The earth was shaken by the noise of the armies, and the battle raged from morning until evening. Yehuda saw that Bachidus and the strength of his army were on the right. Then all the stout-hearted men went with him, and they crushed the right wing, and he pursued them as far as Mount Azotus. When those on the left wing saw that the right wing was crushed, they turned and followed close behind Yehuda and his men. The battle became desperate, and many on both sides were wounded and fell. Yehuda also fell, and the rest fled. Then Yonatan and Shimon took their brother Yehuda and buried him in the tomb of their ancestors at Modin, and wept for him. All Israel made great lamentation for him. They mourned many days and said, How is the mighty fallen, the Savior of Israel? Now the rest of the acts of Yehuda and his wars and the brave deeds that he did and his greatness have not been recorded, but they were very many. After the death of Yehuda, the renegades emerged in all parts of Israel. All the wrongdoers reappeared. In those days, a very great famine occurred and the country went over to their side. 
Bacchides chose the godless and put them in charge of the country. They made inquiry and searched for the friends of Yehuda and brought them to Bacchides, who took vengeance on them and made sport of them. So there was great distress in Israel, such as has not been since the time that prophets ceased to appear among them. Then all the friends of Yehuda assembled and said to Yonatan, Since the death of your brother Yehuda, there has been no one like him to go against our enemies and Bachidus, and to deal with those of our nation who hate us. Now, therefore, we have chosen you today to take his place as our ruler and leader to fight our battle. So Yonatan accepted the leadership at that time in place of his brother Yehuda. When Bachidus learned of this, he tried to kill him. But Yonatan and his brother Shimon and all who were with him heard of it, and they fled into the wilderness of Tekoa, and camped by the water of the pool of Asfar. Bachidus found this out on the Shabbat, and he with all his army crossed Jordan. So Yonatan sent his brother as leader of the multitude and begged the Nebataeans, who were his friends, for permission to store with them the great amount of baggage that they had. But the family of Yambri from Mediva came out and seized Yohanan and all that he had and left with it. After these things, it was reported to Yonatan and his brother Shimon, The family of Yambri are celebrating a great wedding and are conducting the bride, a daughter of one of the great nobles of Canaan, from Nadabat with a large escort. Remembering how their brother Yohanan had been killed, they went up and hid under cover of the mountain. They looked out and saw a tumultuous procession with a great amount of baggage, and the bridegroom came out with his friends and his brothers to meet them with tambourines and musicians and many weapons. Then they rushed on them from the ambush and began killing them. Many were wounded and fell, and the rest fled to the mountain, and the Jews took all their goods. So the wedding was turned into mourning, and the voice of their musicians into a funeral dirge. After they had fully avenged the blood of their brother, they returned to the marshes of the Jordan. When Bachidus heard of this, he came with a large force on the Shabbat to the banks of the Jordan. And Yonatan said to those with him, Let us get up now and fight for our lives, for today things are not as they were before. For look, the battle's in front of us, and behind us, the water of the Jordan is on this side, and on that, with marsh and thicket, there's no place to turn. Cry out now to heaven, that you may be delivered from the hands of our enemies. So the battle began, and Yonatan stretched out his hand to strike Bachidus, but he eluded him and went to the rear. Then Yonatan and the men with him leaped into the Jordan and swam across to the other side, and the enemy did not cross the Jordan to attack them, and about one thousand of Bachidus' men fell that day. Then Bachidus returned to Jerusalem and built strong cities in Judea, the fortress in Jericho and Emmaus and Betaron and Bethel and Timnat and Farathon and Tephon, with high walls and gates and bars, and he placed garrisons in them to harass Israel. He also fortified the town of Betzur, and Gazara, and the citadel, and in them he put troops and stores of food, 
And he took the sons of the leading men of the land as hostages and put them under guard in the citadel at Jerusalem. In the 153rd year, in the second month, Alchemus gave orders to tear down the wall of the inner court of the sanctuary. He tore down the work of the prophets. But he only began to tear it down, for at that time Alchemus was stricken and his work was hindered. His mouth was stopped and he was paralyzed, so that he could no longer say a word or give commands concerning his house. And Alchemus died at that time in great agony. When Bachidas saw that Alchemus was dead, he returned to the king, and the land of Judah had rest for two years. Then all the lawless plotted and said, See, Yonatan and his men are living in quiet and confidence. So now let us bring Bachidas back, and he will capture them all in one night. And they went back and consulted with him. He started to come with a large force and secretly sent letters to all his allies in Judea, telling them to seize Yonatan and his men. But they were unable to do it, because their plan became known. And Yonatan's men seized about fifty of the men of the country who were leaders in this treachery and killed them. Then Yonatan with his men and Shimon withdrew to Beit Basi in the wilderness. He rebuilt the parts of it that had been demolished, and they fortified it. When Bachidas learned of this, he assembled all his forces and sent orders to the men of Judea. Then he came and encamped against Beit Basi. He fought against it for many days and made machines of war. But Yonatan left his brother Shimon in the town while he went out into the country, and he went with only a few men. He struck down Odomera and his kindred and the people of Fasiron in their tents. Then he began to attack and went into battle with his forces. And Shimon and his men sallied from the town and set fire to the machines of war. They fought with Bachidas, and he was crushed by them. They pressed him very hard, for his plan and his expedition had been in vain. So he was very angry at the renegades who had counseled him to come into the country, and he killed many of them. Then he decided to go back to his own land. When Yonatan learned of this, he sent ambassadors to him to make peace with him and obtain release of the captives. He agreed and did as he said, and he swore to Yonatan that he would not try to harm him as long as he lived. He restored to him the captives whom he had taken previously from the land of Judah. Then he turned and went back to his own land, and did not come again into their territory. Thus the sword ceased from Israel. Yonatan settled in Michmash, and began to judge the people, and he destroyed the godless out of Israel. In the 160th year, Alexander Epiphanes, son of Antiochus, landed and occupied Ptolemais. They welcomed him, and there he began to reign. When King Demetrius heard of it, he assembled a very large army and marched out to meet him in battle. Demetrius sent Yonatan a letter in peaceable words to honor him, for he said to himself, Let us act first to make peace with him before he makes peace with Alexander against us. For he will remember all the wrongs that we did to him and to his brothers and his nation. So Demetrius gave him authority to recruit troops, 
to equip them with arms and to become his ally, and he commanded that the hostages in the citadel should be released to him. Then Yonatan came to Jerusalem and read the letter in the hearing of all the people and of those in the citadel. They were greatly alarmed when they heard that the king had given him authority to recruit troops. But those in the citadel released the hostages to Yonatan, and he returned them to their parents. And Yonatan took up residence in Jerusalem and began to rebuild and restore the city. He directed those who were doing the work to build the walls and encircle Mount Zion with square stones for better fortification, and they did so. Then the foreigners who were in the strongholds that Bachidas had built fled. All of them left their places and went back to their own lands. Only in Beit Sur did some remain who had forsaken the Torah and the commandments, for it served as a place of refuge. Now King Alexander heard of all the promises that Demetrius had sent to Yonatan, and he heard of the battles that Yonatan and his brothers had fought, of the brave deeds that they had done, and of the troubles that they had endured. So he said, Shall we find another such man? Come now, we will make him our friend and ally. And he wrote a letter and sent it to him in the following words. King Alexander to his brother Yonatan, greetings. We have heard about you, that you are a mighty warrior and worthy to be our friend. And so we have appointed to you today to be the high priest of your nation. You are to be called the king's friend, and you are to take our side and keep friendship with us. He also sent him a purple robe and a golden crown. So Yonatan put on the sacred vestments in the seventh month of the 160th year, at the festival of Sukkot, and he recruited troops and equipped them with arms in abundance. When Demetrius heard of these things, he was distressed and said, What is this we have done? Alexander has gotten ahead of us in forming a friendship with the Jews to strengthen himself. I also will write them words of encouragement and promise them honor and gifts so that I may have their help. So he sent a message to them in the following words, King Demetrius, to the nation of the Jews, greetings. Since you have kept your agreement with us, and have continued your friendship with us, and have not sided with our enemies, we have heard of it and rejoiced. Now continue still to keep faith with us, and we will repay you with good for what you do for us. We will grant you many immunities and give you gifts. I now free you and exempt all the Jews from payment of tribute and salt tax and crown levies. And instead of collecting the third of the grain and the half of the fruit of the trees that I should receive, I release them from this day and henceforth. I will not collect them from the land of Judah or from the three districts added to it from Samaria and Galilee from this day and for all time. Jerusalem and its environs, its tithes and its revenues shall be holy and free from tax. I release also my control of the citadel of Jerusalem and give it to the high priest so that he may station in it men of his own choice to guard it. And every one of the Jews taken as captive from the land of Judah into any part of my kingdom, I set free without payment and let all officials cancel also the taxes on their livestock. 
all the festivals and Shabbats and new moons and appointed days and the three days before a festival and the three after a festival, let them all be days of immunity and release for all the Jews who are in my kingdom. No one shall have authority to exact anything from them or annoy any of them about any matter. Let Jews be enrolled in the king's forces to the number of 30,000 men, and let the maintenance be given them that is due to all the forces of the king. Let some of them be stationed in the great strongholds of the king, and let some of them be put in positions of trust in the kingdom. Let their officers and leaders be of their own number, and let them live by their own laws, just as the king has commanded in the land of Judah. As for the three districts that have been added to Judea from the country of Samaria, let them be annexed to Judea, so that they may be considered to be under one ruler and obey no other authority than the high priest. Ptolemais and the land adjoined it I have given as a gift to the sanctuary in Jerusalem, to meet the necessary expenses of the sanctuary. I also grant 15,000 shekels of silver yearly out of the king's revenues from appropriate places and all the additional funds that the government officials have not paid as they did in the first years, they shall give from now on for the service of the temple. Moreover, the 5,000 shekels of silver that my officials have received every year from the income of the services of the temple, this too is cancelled, because it belongs to the priests who minister there. And all who take refuge at the temple in Jerusalem or in any of its precincts because they owe money to the king or are in debt, let them be released and receive back all their property in my kingdom. Let the cost of rebuilding and restoring the structures of the sanctuary be paid from the revenues of the king. And let the cost of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and fortifying it all around, and the cost of rebuilding the walls in Judea, also be paid from the revenues of the king. When Yonatan and the people heard these words, they did not believe or accept them, because they remembered the great wrongs that Demetrius had done in Israel and how much he had oppressed them. They favored Alexander because he had been the first to speak peaceable words to them, and they remained his allies all his days. Now King Alexander assembled a large force and encamped opposite Demetrius. The two kings met in battle, and the army of Demetrius fled, and Alexander pursued him and defeated them. He pressed the battle strongly until the sun set, and on that day Demetrius fell. Then Alexander sent ambassadors to Ptolemy, king of Egypt, with the following message. Since I have returned to my kingdom, and have taken my seat on the throne of my ancestors, and established my rule, for I crushed Demetrius and gained control of our country, I met him in battle, and he and his army were crushed before us, and we have taken our seat in the throne of his kingdom. Now, therefore, let us establish friendship with one another. Give me now your daughter as my wife, and I will become your son-in-law, and will make gifts to you and to her in keeping with your position. Ptolemy the king replied and said, Happy was the day on which you returned to the land of your ancestors and took your seat on the throne of their kingdom. And now I will do for you as you wrote, but meet me at Ptolemais, so that we may see one another, 
and I will become your father-in-law, as you have said. So Ptolemy set out from Egypt, he and his daughter Cleopatra, and came to Ptolemais in the 162nd year. King Alexander met him, and Ptolemy gave him his daughter Cleopatra in marriage, and celebrated her wedding at Ptolemais with great pomp, as kings do. Then King Alexander wrote to Jonathan to come and meet him. So he went with pomp to Ptolemais and met the two kings. He gave them and their friends silver and gold and many gifts and found favor with them. A group of malcontents from Israel, renegades, gathered together against him to accuse him. But the king paid no attention to them. The king gave orders to take off Jonathan's garments and to clothe him in purple, and they did so. The king also seated him at his side, and he said to his officers, Go out with him into the middle of the city and proclaim that no one is to bring charges against him about any matter, and let no one annoy him for any reason. When his accusers saw the honor that was paid him in accord with the proclamation, and saw him clothed in purple, They all fled. Thus the king honored him and enrolled him among his chief friends, and made him general and governor of the province. And Jonathan returned to Jerusalem in peace and gladness. In the 165th year, Demetrius, son of Demetrius, came from Crete to the land of his ancestors. When King Alexander heard of it, he was greatly distressed and returned to Antioch. And Demetrius appointed Apollonius the governor of Coelisyria, and he assembled a large force and encamped against Yavne. Then he sent the following message to the high priest Jonathan. You are the only one to rise up against us, and I have fallen into ridicule and disgrace because of you. Why do you assume authority against us in the hill country? If you now have confidence in your forces... Come down to the plain to meet us, and let us match strength with each other there. For I have with me the power of the cities. Ask and learn who I am, and who the others are that are helping us. People will tell you that you cannot stand before us. For your fathers were twice put to the flight in their own land. And now you will not be able to withstand my cavalry, and such an army in the plain, where there is no stone or pebble or place to flee. When Jonathan heard the words of Apollonius, his spirit was aroused. He chose ten thousand men and set out from Jerusalem, and his brother Shimon met him to help him. He had camped before Yafo, but the people of the city closed its gates, for Apollonius had a garrison in Yafo. So they fought against it, and the people of the city became afraid and opened the gates, and Jonathan gained possession of Yafo. When Apollonius heard of it, he mustered three thousand cavalry and a large army, and went to Azotus, as though he were going further. At the same time he advanced into the plain, for he had a large troop of cavalry and put confidence in it. Jonathan pursued him to Azotus, and the armies engaged in battle. Now Apollonius had secretly left a thousand cavalry behind them. Jonathan learned that there was an ambush behind him, for they surrounded his army and shot arrows at his men from early morning until late afternoon. 
But his men stood fast, as Jonathan had commanded, and the enemy's horses grew tired. Then Shimon brought forward his force and engaged the phalanx in battle, for the cavalry was exhausted. They were overwhelmed by him and fled, and the cavalry was dispersed in the plain. They fled to Azotus and entered Beit Dagon, the temple of their idol, for safety. But Jonathan burned Azotus and the surrounding towns and plundered them, and the temple of Dagon and those who had taken refuge in it he burned with fire. The number of those who fell by the sword, with those burned alive, came to eight thousand. When Jonathan left there and encamped against Ashkelon, and the people of the city came out to meet him with great pomp, he and those with him then returned to Jerusalem with a large amount of booty. When King Alexander heard of these things, he honored Jonathan still more, and sent to him a golden buckle, such as it is the custom to give to the king's kinsmen. He also gave him Ekron and all its environs as his possession. <laughs>